0: Hello, everyone. I'm Catherine Biroy, your personal growth and business coach, and I have just one mission to help you do what you love and make your dream business flourish. I'm truly honored and happy to have one of the greatest experts and mentors that I had the pleasure to meet. Paul Higgins is a high performance business mentor, podcaster, and author who helps service based business owners struggling to strike a balance. Uh, between life and work, adopt a hands-off management approach and improve profits uh, to fund their lifestyles. To aid other service business owners like himself, who have came to the conclusion that having a business so reliant on them is just not what's going to work, Paul devoted a mentoring Uh, developed a mentoring program, Build, Live, Give, that helps such business owners take control and implement an end-to-end sales and operation systems that can easily generate profits. That's what we need. Thank you for being my guest (laughs) today. I'm so happy to have you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for the lovely introduction.
0: How are you today?
1: Yeah, I'm great. Thank you. It's, and it's you? your
0: very early morning and my very late evening. <laughs> but it's nice to see you. It's very nice. So tell me uh, how to get more from your most important asset, the time we have.
1: Yeah, look, I think the number one thing is, you know, you've got to focus on the right things. And I know that sounds really obvious, but what I find people don't do, which is obvious, is get someone to help with that. Mm-hmm. So I find mm-hmm. a lot of people spend a lot of time, you know, the classic running up a ladder and realize they're against the wrong wall. Mm-hmm. So I think the most important thing is to, to work with someone to really help you work out what is the 80-20 or the, the 80-20 to 80-20, which I think is 4%, you know, what's the most important things and trying to do that by yourself is really, really difficult. So I think mm-hmm. that's the first thing. And then once you know that, it's speed of implementation. And to me, there's really two things. Uh, One is a virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. So I think everybody needs a virtual assistant or an executive assistant, or whatever your term is for that. But I think it's really important to get someone to just clear the path because Mm -hmm. there's always lots of things to do and there'll be easy distractions to take away from that core focus. So you need someone to to shield you from that. And you need someone to be able to do things on your behalf. And then the last one is the technology to be able to drive that, the implementation. And so, you know, for me, a lot of people are, you know, is it the chicken or the egg? Do you wait to have all your Technology in your process set up before you bring on a virtual assistant, or is it the other way around? And, and I'm a big believer in mm-hmm. you uh, get your virtual assistant and they can help set up some of the technology. So they're my four key things that I think are imperative on you, you know, really using the most important asset, which is your time. Mm,
0: that's brilliant. I love how you said you need a shield. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Sometimes I, I think that my assistants are professional naysayers because <laughs> we get so many requests. And thank God I'm not the one who has to say no. Uh, how to optimum business models so that we actually can scale fast and work less? Because that's obviously that most of the people are struggling with.
1: Yeah, look, I think the, for me, you know, I work with service-based businesses. I've always run service-based uh, business models, so coaches, consultants, etc. And I think the the number one is recurring revenue. So mm-hmm. if you can get some recurring revenue, because you being the business owner mm-hmm. is a huge risk. Because if something happens to you, you know, then you know, you know, it's and and I say that from a background where I've had, you know, health, mm-hmm. health opportunities, let's say that. Mm-hmm. So I know how important it is to protect you. So that's the first thing. But I think then, you know, a lot of people have one or two key clients and what they found, particularly in COVID, is that they've, you know, that's a high risk strategy of having all their revenue tied up in the one or two clients. And most of that's been by delivery. So mm-hmm. if they don't deliver, they don't get paid. Mm-hmm. So my my view is that, yeah, have recurring revenue. So I've got a combination, I've got a bit of a hybrid. So I've got uh, a membership, which, you know, has got 80 people in it. So hopefully not 80 people are going to leave me overnight. So that gives me great um, mm-hmm. uh, protection in, in my revenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I know with assurity that I can spend money based on that because it's, you know, even a one or 2% churn rate, you know, you've got a good solid base that you can go and invest in your business. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the recurring part. And then I've still got recurring revenue, with some some clients in a group program. Mm-hmm. And I think the one to many is, is fantastic in that sense. And it's similar to the membership. And then the last thing is that I do have some one-on-one, but they're in 12-week mm-hmm. lots. Mm-hmm. So people work with me for a sprint for a very specific outcome in 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. And yes, that is higher risk, but you're, you know, I make sure that I have enough in the pipeline that it covers the fact that I'm constantly getting people into that 12-week mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. So in summary, I think if you've got a recurring revenue component, it's really mm-hmm. important and, mm-hmm. you know, and try not to get paid by the hour. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing is, um, you know, you can sort of play wholesale. What mm-hmm. I mean by wholesale is that mm-hmm. if you can go to someone and get a, uh, a channel partner or a partner that can bring you one to many. Mm-hmm. So for example, for me, I might go to a software company
0: mm-hmm. that,
1: want to use my services as a value add
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: to, to their service for their customers, get better results for their customers. And therefore I've only got to sell once to, to them and then it's easy to get across. And I think that's another really smart business model. So mm-hmm. you know your cost of acquisition is lower. So there are a couple of key thoughts I think around you know, mm-hmm. having a, an ideal business model.
0: I love that especially because we had a conversation a few days ago and I love that you are making diversification about which I'm talking all over the place and 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 also like have at least three revenue streams have different revenue streams which will actually sustain your business especially at these times Um, and one of those which you mentioned like a membership site is basically any kind of passive revenue which which can flow even with you when you are not here Um, this is why i often say that uh, for example personal brand can be brilliant but it has to be sustainable even when the person who is building the brand is not there so i love i love what you're doing and everything that you that you share with us Um, now my favorite topic of course how do we get leads from linkedin
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, I I, am obviously with a name like Paul, I've got to put it in the three P's. So I break Mm -hmm. it up into three uh, simple parts. So profile, posting, and then possibilities, I call it, because, you know, there's lots of possibilities on on LinkedIn and you know. So I think your profile, it's uh, it's pretty obvious, you know, for most people what to do, but I don't often see it. And, you know, a profile these days and you said the exact same thing the other day on my podcast, it, it's like a, it's your landing page. You know, you mm-hmm. will get more hits, to your LinkedIn profile than any other page on your website uh, for most service-based business owners. So make sure it's like that, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a mini website. So treat it that way. I see, um, you know, so your um, header, you know, make sure that your header, are, the picture really talks about who you serve. And for me, I've got my, my business model there. So people really understand my methodology and, and what I do in a mm-hmm. you know, split second, make sure the colors mm-hmm. are aligned to your branding. So you look professional, you know, I've got um, your, your, your photo you know, matches your ideal client, you know, and then the headline, I always say with a, the headline is, um, you know, have your key skill, because people will see that everywhere. That's the first part that they see. So I'm a high performing mentor, I've got that. So it's very clear what I do. And then I've just got I help X to do Y through Z, mm. and just make that really simple for people. The um, about section, make sure that the about section is like your first conversation at a, at a coffee you know, you meet someone for coffee the first time, you don't go into selling them hard straight away. And I think a lot of profiles are either talk about themselves or they're too, too much sales based, make it a soft landing. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, and actually talk as if, you know, I'm not quite sure how you found me, et cetera. Like, cause it is, it's a, it's a conversation. You don't know who's hitting your site um, or your profile, you know, Unfortunately, analytics aren't great. It's not like a website. So, you know, make it that way. And then the experience is where you really talk specifically about what you do. And you can mention that in the about that in the experience, I talk more about, you know, the the the, the how I do it, but the what and the why is more in the, the about section. So that's sort of like a quick summary because the reason I say that is because that is going to be your number one sales page, because when you send when you do a post. And someone loves your post, which is the second P, they'll then go and look at your profile straight away. And if anyone's going to ever meet with you, anytime they come across you, so your profile's got to put your best foot forward. And often I'll interview people on the podcast and they're brilliant on the podcast, but unfortunately their profile, when I go to LinkedIn to do the research, doesn't say what, what they say. So that's pretty obvious. Posting, I think it's not a, uh, in short, it's not a solo game. Mm-hmm. So, is, you know, there is uh, an algorithm. It's, it's, um, you know, it's there, I suppose, to be leveraged. And it's a certain amount of likes, a certain amount of comments in a certain time that really make the difference. And we think it's around 50 likes, 20 comments in the first hour. So, you know, you know, um, you can sort of work out that, you need some other people to help you get that. So I think that's pretty obvious. I think the other thing is intriguing headline. So make sure that, um, you know, a a, a view is just a flick in someone's feed. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's not that they've actually gone to your post. So to get them to stop and go to your post to like, and to comment or particularly to comment, because comment we think is worth about twice a like, you know, so, comments are really important so you know had that intriguing statement and it's above the sea more excuse me <clears throat> i think that's really important and then you know I, I like to write in one or two line sentences you know make it really easy lots of white space and then you know always uh do it as if what's someone going to do to take away, you know, what are they going to take away? What, what can you, what can they do, your ideal client as a result of this post? Mm-hmm. Um, also, always ask a question mm-hmm. because that's what gets comments, which then uh, improves the algorithm. But you can also then have a conversation with people and the people that like and comment, then you can follow up with them. So it gives you a point of reference to then do some of the possibilities. Mm-hmm. And then I know I won't go on forever here, but on the third one, the possibilities. I think, you know, the key thing is that, you know, everyone's bombarded with outgoing messages at the moment. I think, you know, the world's got on to, to the, the power of LinkedIn and we're all getting messages. So I think you've got to have messages that, that stand out. So mm-hmm. um, my, for my high ticket item, which is called Accelerate. Uh, how I do it and and our community do it is that we send a message. So, you know, I'm looking to connect with high performing business owners, you know, would you be open to connect? That's basically it. And then I go, PS, I'll send you a personalized video if you uh, on acceptance, right? Mm -hmm. So you're already telling them that you're someone different because you're going to send them a personalized video. Mm -hmm. And then I do a one minute personalized video back Mm -hmm. to them. And it's, and you know, I always say, you know, uh, put a face to the name. Um, it's great to build relationships here. Love to know what your focus is. Uh, and I also compliment them on something. So I have their LinkedIn profile open and I've mm-hmm. done a little bit of research beforehand. So I, I know when I compliment them on something they've done a post their book, something that is, you know, I've done research for, it's not just a, a throwaway compliment. Then what I do is say, look, I'm sending this via email because on your contact information, this is your email. And a lot of times it's the personal one. So I say, look, I'm sending it to your personal email, but can you please reply with your work work email or your business email? And then that's, you know, and what I say is, look, if you want to chat, uh, there's a link below that you can book a 30 minute chat with me. Uh, If you want, um, And if I like see something sometimes in their profile, I might just put a value add video in there as well. That it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, um, they're still making the choice to click on that. So that's a a one minute video that I send to them. I customize the subject line to Mm -hmm. say, you know, effectively it's safe. It's uh, safe to open and even safer to view. So I use a bit of humor that they're going to get a video. They watch Mm -hmm. the video and because it's in their email now, I can see when they've opened their email through the analytics mm-hmm. of the platform that I use, and then you know I, I continue the consult, um, conversation from there. So that's how I get more leads with those three P's, profile, posting, and possibilities.
0: I absolutely love this. And you know what I love the most? Because I'm not the one who is saying that. <laughs> because i 'm bubbling about that all the time, and now guys you 're going to hear that from someone else who also have results so that you know this is really sustainable. I say that LinkedIn is a gold mine for business, and I truly mean that because it 's like a networking event opposed to other social media, which are more like a barbecue in the backyard as I can see that. Of course, I'm on other social media, but the most valuable content which actually helps my business to grow is on LinkedIn. Um, There, it's like you're swimming in aquarium and and everywhere else is like you're in ocean. Like you, you have no idea with who you are connecting. On LinkedIn, it's very obvious with who you are connecting, how you are going to establish that connection and how you're going to proceed further. So... So do we need to say more? Okay. Uh, Now this one is very important. Um, How can we pick the right experts so that we actually don't wear all the hats that we actually do?
1: (laughs) Yeah, look, and I think it's it's hats, but it's also the opportunity cost of the investment. So, you know, I've unfortunately, you know, I worked at Coca-Cola for 18 years. We work with some of the best people in the world I stepped into my own business and I took everyone for their word, right? That they mm-hmm. said they were going to, to deliver on, on what they promised because that's what always happened. Sadly, that wasn't the case. Now, I had someone I paid $15,000 to help develop uh, an online course disappeared. I had someone that, that did an R&D, R&D grant, research and development grant, mm-hmm. and uh, they, you know, were referred by someone, but unfortunately I didn't do my research and that guy, Everybody that submitted a claim basically had to pay the government back that money. Mm Uh, so, you know, small business owner having to pay back, you know, Mm uh, over $50,000 really Mm -hmm. stung. So, Mm -hmm. so one of my passions is making sure that that doesn't happen to other business owners. So I've got about 470 experts in the world Mm -hmm. that I've personally spoken to and I've, I've, um, verified that they will do a great job and if they don't and someone tells me obviously they're taken off the list so i think that's the overall point so the first thing is get referrals right so go to go to your peer group and really make sure that you know they're referred by someone you know so that's the first point but then make sure that they serve you so you know let's say that their ideal client is you Mm-hmm. Okay. So often you'll get in a conversation, say, Oh, show me an example where you work some with someone like me. And they'll say, Oh, well, you know, I haven't really worked with someone like you, but I'll work with someone like this. No red flag. Okay. They've mm-hmm. got to have delivered results for someone like you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's really important mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they can have proof of that. And they're okay for you to go and call those people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. The next is a clear methodology. So especially if you're working with uh a coach, a mentor, a consultant, that they've actually got a proven path of how they get results. So they say to you over, like for me, if you work with me over 12 weeks, this is exactly what I'm going to deliver for you. So you're a hundred percent clear. The next one is, have they got a team, right? Mm -hmm. So have they got a team that's actually going to support them in Mm -hmm. supporting you? I think if they're one one person, you know, it's a hard it would be hard for me to say, you know, I've got two key things I work with is, you know, sales and building a team. But if I don't have a team myself, that's a major red flag. And then the last Mm -hmm. one is Mm -hmm. they're actually hard to get into. Okay. So they're busy, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't have um, latent capacity. I think that proves that they're in high demand and therefore they're Mm -hmm. difficult to get into. And often, you know, that if, if they're, If the price is too low, then that often means that they're not trying to control their demand. And therefore, if the price is too low, that's probably a pretty good indication of they're not great. Now, there's always people that step in an industry and they can be rising stars that you just, you know, luckily pick. And I'm sure, you know, I was definitely one of those where i underpriced to begin with, like most of us, but I delivered a great result. But I think normally pricing is a good indication of how good someone is.
0: Brilliant! I, I actually didn't thought of many of those things which you just mentioned. <laughs> but I'm a little bit different, you know. I, I kind of have a very, very, very strong intuition, and I I just know if I should connect with someone or don't. And then it's it's much easier, you know, when you feel you should connect with someone than you investigate just them <laughs> so it takes a lot of it takes a lot of time um yeah now we are in in a very very uh, challenging time so most of the people are working remotely um how we can effect effectively and efficiently actually uh, uh, run the remote team
1: Yeah. Yeah. Look, great question. And I'll actually refer to my notes here to make sure that I get it. uh, Mm -hmm. Yes. For for you guys listening, but I'll go through two components. So one is uh, what I consider is important for running any team, uh, Mm. not just a remote team, but I think it's the core foundations of running any team and, you know, I was very fortunate. 18 years at Coca Cola. We were trained brilliantly on how to lead teams. Like it, we actually got sick of the amount of leadership development we did. It was, um, yeah, it, it was, you know, it was amazing the opportunities we got. So I've learned a lot from that. I want to share that because Coca Cola is 150 years old. You know, it, it's a brilliantly run company mm-hmm. with maybe not a relevant product. That's how I would best. Do to de- describe mm-hmm. it today uh, when when i was you know uh eight years old and my dad worked for coca-cola you know you, you brought coke to a party and you know you were the hero now if you yeah. brought coke to a party you would be asked to, asked to 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 put mm. it in the bin so well, certainly in australia it's changed a lot anyway back mm-hmm. to teams so the first one is that you've got to have the right culture Okay. And, and the culture is what I say is the culture is what people say about your team when you're not there or you're not listening. Right. It's a bit like leadership, but I think, you know, people, when they, they actually meet your team, they say, there's just something about these guys. They're all got this. I think that's what culture is uh, to me. And it's best defined by you living those values. The second is engagement. So, you know, people, Um, it doesn't matter what you pay someone, if they're not engaged and they don't love what they do, Mm -hmm. you're not going to get the best out of them. Okay. Mm -hmm. And therefore they won't get the best out of you as well. So I think engagement and and measure it like these days, there's some brilliant tools. I, I put some of those in my book, but there's some brilliant tools where you can actually on a monthly basis, just track engagement. And, you know, I think that's really important when you're, it's hard to have, um, you know, some conversations, right? There's always those conversations unsaid. So I think actually tracking the true level of engagement of your team is mm-hmm. really important. And there's some great tools that, you know, we used to wait for an employee engagement survey, which would be, you know, once a year mm-hmm. and, you know, it wasn't really relevant in a large organization, but in yours, you can do it more rele- uh, quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. is capability, right? So I think, have a look at the capability of your people. And and we used to use a a simple um, six box process where it had performance and it had potential. And you just rated your team on that based on uh, them filling out some information and you now, like you said before, intuition, you should know uh, about your team, but it's, I think it's very easy on a remote team. And also when you're running a smaller team, Mm-hmm. Is to forgive underperformance. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you, you, you know. Yes, it's difficult to find someone like that, so I'll, I'll just put up with where they, who they are. Now, I believe in above the line and below the line mm-hmm. capability development. Mm-hmm. Below the line is the individual needs to take responsibility mm-hmm. for for what they're doing, but above the line is are you giving them the best development possible to make them the best that they can be and i think you need to independently get someone to come in and value evaluate your team in those six boxes to really decide what you know have you got the right team in place i think that's really important and i forget the exact saying but what is it if you um what happens if you train your team and they leave and it's like what happens if you don't train your team and they stay Mm -hmm. so the next one is you know performance management so you can have plans you can have performance reviews yes they're corporate words but you can make them fun and you can make them relevant but you need to have some of these processes the best companies in the world have them because they work so you can do the exact same thing in your business and the other one is development talk about development career development you know i take 30 minutes a month just to talk about competency skills that they want to develop and actually mm-hmm. working on specific things to help them in their career. So I think mm-hmm. that's really important. Uh, the next one is recruitment and onboarding. I won't talk too much about this other than say that that's the most critical part, right? Mm-hmm. It's picking the right people in the first place and then making sure that the onboarding is as smooth as possible so that they, you know, their engagement is high from the start. And just on recruitment, the one thing I will say is, you know, just use video. So use video that, you know, if you might have 20 applicants for a particular role, Mm -hmm. make sure that you ask each of them to do a video for two minutes Mm -hmm. and just talk about six things. I always talk about, you know, their passion. I've just got six questions, right? They're not difficult questions, but I think your intuition that you spoke about before, Catherine, that'll kick in. Now I've been hiring people and running, you know, teams for 27 years. So I've got that intuition, but it's Mm easy to pick up on a video Mm -hmm. straight away to get them into the next round. Uh, Mm -hmm. Next is the systems and that's sort of above the line. Mm -hmm. So the systems is what you can do to to make their job as easy as possible. And that goes back into the technology piece I spoke about at the start. But having those systems. So, you know, have a project management system that makes it easy for people to do Mm -hmm. their job. They come in, there's a checklist of things. that The easier that you have those systems, particularly remotely, the better it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Experts, I won't dwell on it, but you heard it before. So bring in experts where your team don't have capabilities. So don't put your team in a situation where Mm -hmm. they just don't have the time or the bandwidth. So I'll just add this to your current role Mm -hmm. and then they get out of capacity. Plus it's a lot faster just to bring in someone that does that day in, day out. So Mm -hmm. don't stretch your team too wide, just bring in experts. And the last one is um, uh, routines and, uh, sorry, roles and responsibilities. And make sure they're really clear. I'm still old school where one person ultimately owns the decision, okay? Mm-hmm. So for me, in Asana, you can only ever assign one person to it mm-hmm. and I always make sure that there's one person ultimately responsible. So yes, you can collaborate, but it's really mm-hmm. clear, okay, for this particular thing, who owns it in the team? And the mm-hmm. team, if they have clear ownership, then I think they'll take more responsibility, but mm-hmm. but make that really clear. So, so they're the key things. Uh, just quickly on some ad hoc things that I think is, is brilliant for running it and a um, remote team is Mm -hmm. use a communication platform. So we use Voxer, uh, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. V-O-X-E-R. And, you know, just anything that is not a task or not repeatable, just use Voxer. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other thing is use video. So I use video a lot. So if I go to do any tasks now, it's always got me talking with the video of the screen. And that's so easy to do now. In Use Loom, uh, there's Mm -hmm. Dub. There's cloud app. There's lots of Mm -hmm. applications out there to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sana, I spoke about, it doesn't matter what type of project management tool, but I think that's critical these days. I do little daily updates. So Mm -hmm. every day our team goes in and says, you know, what was their key uh, win from the day prior? What's Mm -hmm. their uh, key focus for the, Mm -hmm. the day? And what's the key challenge? And it's a great way of me then, you know, voxing them and saying, oh, okay, tell me a bit more about that challenge. How can I actually help you remove that? Because that's your job as a leader is to remove Mm -hmm. obstacles for your team. Uh, I do a weekly video. So I go through every team member and what they've done for the week, rewarding them so that everyone else gets to see that as well. And Mm then I also talk about just the highlights that we've had as a total business. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and uh, that's great. And then the last one is just give people random time off. You know, so when they least expect it, they've just done a project, they've done whatever, just, just say, look, take, no, I want you to go away. I want you to have dinner with your, your partner mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, put, you know, something like that. Or I just want you to take uh, a day off next week or you, you pick the day, but within the next month, you've definitely got to take a day off and just go and enjoy yourself. So I think they're the things you can do as a business owner that, you no, know, I, I would love. So Mm -hmm. I think that your
0: team would. I love this. I absolutely love this. Uh, I wish to mention that um, at the beginning of the year, I went through Goldman Sachs program for business development. And actually, one of the core uh, elements of the program was leading the team. And the first thing that you mentioned was the culture. Uh, So uh, knowing actually what is the culture that we want to bring into the team. So they are aware of that, that everyone knows what is their job and that everyone really is clear about that. And how you lead them is actually showed by how they really do the work when you're not around. (laughs) So, (laughs) So I love everything that you just mentioned. And those little things like... Uh, give them a day off or something like that which which is not much but it really brings joy to that person's life and it really can you know benefit everyone uh uh, not just in the company but everyone around i love i love this approach thank you for sharing and and
1: and i have a little i sort of have a little a file on each person and uh you Uh know it, it, it all it is is you know i'll ask them during the year you know what do you do on the weekend? What do you love to do? When's your, you know, they might've their mum's birthday or whatever. So I then refer back to that to make sure that I'm constantly mm-hmm. you know, surprising yeah. them with things. So if I give them a gift for their birthday, it's in relation to what they have sort of told me through the years. So I think it doesn't cost you anything to listen mm-hmm. and I just pick up on things and I've got a file for each person. So I know mm-hmm. all their family names, and, you know, yeah, just think if you're watching this now, just think like, how much do I really know about my team?
0: Yeah, yeah, And exactly. that's an
1: opportunity for you to fill those gaps. And that, that, that brings, because it does become like a family yeah. and it mm-hmm. does bring more engagement if you really understand that, no matter where they live.
0: And it's better. It's it's a better established human connection. So yeah. they feel like a part of the family and they actually work with joy and they give more. So everyone it's win, 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 win situation. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, now this is something that I really like. What systems you use uh, uh, to have like full work flex- flexibility that business doesn't depend on you actually
1: yeah yeah so look i've mentioned a few of those but uh i use voxer Mm -hmm. so that's for media communication asana as i said that's our Mm go-to project management tool Uh, so we use that um i think i I do use a lot of video so Mm -hmm. i use a platform called dub d-u-double b -B, so that's Mm -hmm. what i use a lot of video for obviously use zoom Mm -hmm. for for all my calls uh that's brilliant and look, I think that's, look, we've got an enormous stack, but they're probably the ones that I'd struggle to do business without as those key ones. And you know, then what I've also collected is all my knowledge in a platform called Airtable. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, if just not for myself, but for all of my team, all of our knowledge pool is in, in Airtable. So they can go, a new person can go and find nearly everything we've done in Airtable is the knowledge. In Asana is the actual tasks and the SOP on actually how you do things. And mm-hmm. if you want to ask me a quick question, you can send me a quick video on Voxer. So mm-hmm. that sort of rounds out how the systems I use to run my team. And then the one that you know is the most important, I suppose personally for me, is my sales CRM. So that's Copper. Mm-hmm. So that's where all of the um, All of the relationships are built. So what we take off LinkedIn is all in copper. So, you Mm -hmm. know, if LinkedIn ever changed, for whatever reason, we've got all of our key Mm -hmm. contacts in there. We've got all their personal information. We've got everything about them Mm -hmm. in there. And that Mm -hmm. sort of becomes the hub because our clients are most important. And, you know, the client knowledge is in that system, which also supports the team.
0: Wonderful. When when you interviewed me, I made a joke like uh, after being programmer for 13 years, I don't use technology anymore. <laughs> but of course, that that was just a joke because today I made a list of the technology which I'm using, and it's oh my god, <laughs> I need to make make something work. Uh, I actually use Telegram instead of Voxer. We were on Voxer for some time and now Telegram gives uh, a bit of maybe head on, not just for, for teams, but there is like a channel so you can have subscribers. And uh, as me being a public person, that's something which actually can benefit us. Those kinds of systems, which are not social media, like you just mentioned, you have you have a special system. So what if LinkedIn something change? Um, this is exactly why I moved to Telegram because that's my ownership in terms of being connected to my pro- I mean phone and all of that. I lost actually a Facebook page of thirty five thousand people. Uh, I don't know why it was just unpublished, you know. So when you when you experience something like this, you realize you need to build your own things. So you focus on your own website, your own systems and systems like like this, which are which are sustainable okay yeah. and and just so, quickly on
1: that, uh, mm-hmm. Catherine, I use mm-hmm. a, a platform also called X Pro, so it's mm-hmm. the number Ten
0: mm-hmm. X
1: Pro Pro mm-hmm. dot io, mm-hmm. and that think about that as your um, membership site, your webs, all your websites, all your landing pages, all your payment gateways, all on one. But the most mm-hmm. important thing there is that you can take all of that information at any point. So I think mm-hmm. yeah, that's. I think that's really powerful, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. one other tool that we use for our membership and uh, and, and the, our online courses for our our mm-hmm. um, mentoring program. But I think yeah, it's that, really important to do that, and that's why, as I said earlier, on LinkedIn, I sent as soon as I connect, the next conversation I have is actually through email to get their email, and mm-hmm. then that hopefully leads to the fact that they then become on the list, even if they don't buy, mm-hmm. come on the list. I can give them value. Valuable content and that's mm-hmm. something. I own. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I completely agree with you.
0: Yeah, we also moved everything from I had courses on teachable and I use several other platforms, but we integrated everything on our website. So we have it under our roof. And we are using learn press and a few of other uh, actually softwares. But um, basically, yes, I definitely after what happened with my Facebook page, and I would like audience to know that I definitely moved Moved everything that I could from other uh, platforms to actually something uh, which is in my home, right under under our roof, as I like to say that. So uh, nothing can happen except that, you know, what happened, like 200 malwares attacked my website like two weeks ago, but I have a team who worked 24 hours to save my website. So um, those hackers, if they would use that knowledge for something positive, it <laughs> would be much more beneficial show but i mean that's what happened what happens and we have to be prepared um okay so how have you built your business uh while dealing with with a chronic condition i know you had um health issues
1: yeah yeah so so for me a quick backstory at 18 Mm -hmm. uh, i looked at my mom i walked out of a doctors looked at my mom and we both knew that i had the same condition that she had. It's called polycystic kidney disease,
0: mm-hmm. and it used
1: to grow cysts in different organs. We've got them both in the kidney and the liver. Uh, so mum lost her dad when she was twelve. Uh, mm-hmm. I nearly lost mum when I was about the same age, but you know, obviously, um, medicines advanced and we were able to just keep up. But she mm-hmm. had lots of. Um, I think she died three times on the, on the table, as Mm -hmm. they say. So uh, yeah, she had lots of long-term issues. So she knew that she'd passed the same condition on and that was heartbreaking. But in that moment I sort of said, well, look, you know, I've got to be, I've got to um, do everything I can to get an optimal outcome here. And that sort of led me in the path of high performance, which is, you know, what I've always, always uh, believed in. But um, yeah. So uh, 2011 came along my kidney function was declining fast and a specialist said, look, do you want to see your grandkids? And I said, yes, uh, definitely want to do that. She said, well, you better leave corporate and uh, start taking care of yourself. Uh, Cause I was, you know, director of Coca-Cola. Yeah. There's, you got to work. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So I left in 2011. I said, okay, so what can I run from a hospital bed if effectively? And that's why I set up the businesses the way that I did. And, you know, that's a complete remote team. It's recurring revenue. It's me being able to, to uh, use my knowledge uh, mm-hmm. from anywhere, i.e. my podcasts. You know, I wrote a book. And also when I mentor, I can mentor from, you know, a phone on a beach. I can mentor from a hospital bed, which I did several times. So that's how I set up the model. Uh, 2018, I had a pretty uh poor nephrectomy which is a removal of a kidney think of a -hmm. a mini soccer ball so about four kilos Mm -hmm. was my uh, kidney they removed and Mm -hmm. they basically tore my main aorta um and the main artery to the heart because the kidney was so large and i was basically you know moments from from leaving i survived that uh never missed a beat so i got a podcast episode out i worked (laughs) For nine days, I didn't know who I was, but my team basically helped me. I was in ICU for, for nine days. Um, my team helped me brilliantly. And then 2019, my best friend gave me a, a kidney and had a transplant. And I went all through that working the whole time. And, you know, it's um, I always my mum taught me that if you think of others and you help others, you don't have any woes in the world. And, you know, yes, I went through some pretty tough times like six percent kidney function is your worst hangover you're having slept for 48 hours every minute of the day it's it's really really taxing but you know the longer you keep your kidney the longer like let's say transplant lasts 20 years right so the longer it takes on your poor performing kidneys the longer you're extending your life and it's this real battle, but it was absolutely horrendous near the end. I can't tell you how bad I, I felt, um, but it sort of became the new norm. But I did that to, to extend it. But now I'm back. Um, you know, I'm, I'll put on 15 kilos, I'm uh, yeah, I'm just so thankful. It's actually when the day we're recording this today is my best friend's birthday that gave me the kidney. Mm -hmm. He's well, he's gone to Mount Everest base camp um, four months after having the op. He's great. And uh, yeah, it's good. And, And the most, the thing that really touched me the most is mum saw this so mum got to see me have a better outcome than she got and her father got and all the family members a brother you know it's a 50 50 at birth that you get it so Mm -hmm. there's a high rate of mortality in our family from it but mum got to see me get a better opportunity than she did and also mum got to see you know Brendan who's like her second son of 30 years give me a kidney and then mum passed um, you know, four months after the operation. She really waited on dialysis for for that to happen. So yeah, that was brilliant.
0: Oh my, oh, I have goosebumps. And, and uh, yeah, I'm so happy things happen this way. And uh, for you and happy birthday to your, to your friend. You have, you have incredible friend. We actually share a bit of a similar story. I, I'm not sure if I mentioned that, but I was diagnosed with the Coxsackie virus. It uh, attacked my heart and I was, well, they told me I might live year and a half because my heart was stopping 10,000 times per day. And as you can see, that was like 12 years ago. Uh, who was wrong? I don't know, but I'm still here. And um, yeah, that was one of the awakening, very serious awakening moments in my life when I also decided to take things in my hands. And um, it was challenging. Um, it was but I'm grateful for the experience because it made me grow uh, to who I am now. So I, I know how it feels and I know how it feels to feel good again. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I'm very happy. I'm very happy you, you, you are. Now we're going to have some fun. We are stepping into the second part of the interview. I will ask you very quick questions and you have like 10 seconds to answer to me and you will sure. hear the ring bell. Okay? Yeah. So, are you ready? Yes. What's your favorite book
1: seven habits of highly effective people
0: yeah i was i was tapping this like three times <laughs> stopped because i had the thought which was that was one of my favorite books too <laughs> what's your
1: life motto uh, high performance as i said before it's you know you can control mm-hmm. most of what happens in your life
0: yeah yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's that's eye-opening when when we when we realize that that's when the life starts to change. Really, really transformative. And what do you do in your free time?
1: I listen to lots of podcasts and mm-hmm. I play golf.
0: Oh, wonderful! I I, I thought uh, like most of my guests say uh, what's what's a free time, but I knew that you will have because you are you are an expert of leveraging all these systems to work for you. Uh, thank you so much for being my guest. It was truly a pleasure and honor. And thank you for sharing such vast knowledge which you have. Uh, where people can find you, how they can reach out to you. Would you like to add something and what we can expect from your magic? And
1: Yeah, yeah. So, here, for example? so look, everything is on paulhigginsmentoring.com. Mm-hmm. So that's my key personal brand site. That's where you'll get everything. You can also link to my product page, which is build, live, give. And also we've got an assessment there when you arrive and it's 15 questions, you know, less than three minutes, but it really helps you decide whether you're going to have a high seven figure business or a low seven figure business in 2021. So you can take that assessment in three Mm -hmm. minutes when you hit the landing page.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. Bye.
1: Great. Thanks, Catherine. Bye.